0: rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the
1: podcast for all things royals. Stand by. Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen. Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Rachel. And I'm Roberta. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. A couple of royal reminders before we dive in. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group at Royally Obsessed. You could subscribe to our podcast and leave us a royal rating of five stars or send us an email at info at Roberta, I missed you. It was so weird to have a- I last week off. <laughs>
0: I know. And also, though, I want to say that leaving us a royal rating of five stars or sending us an email at info would be the best Holiday present, you could. We just want to hear from you. We'll write you back. We love it. (laughs) If you want to get us something, that's what you should get us. (laughs) Such a good point. I know. How was your Thanksgiving? It was so good. It was so, so good. So I was with my family, which I am so, so grateful for because I know a lot of people couldn't be. So I feel very lucky. Um, And we had delicious food and drinks and the cocktails really you were serving nice. up looked really good you're <laughs>
1: this has become like your expert you're an expert at this after the pandemic I feel like
0: I actually I do feel like I'm gonna start up the quarantine cocktail um, happy hour series that I was doing on Instagram
1: again. you need to bring it back I need the inspiration I
0: think I think people need it and also I feel like it's what gets like it's what divides it from a weekday to a weekend it yeah. is on Friday 5, 5 p.m. I'm whipping up a new cocktail that I've researched. So oh, but how was your how was your
1: holiday? It was so good. I feel like it was just the rest that I didn't know I needed. I um, the, yeah. the weird part was I did start potty training. So that was like just a weird choice. But I did do that. But we had a nice Thanksgiving. It was very simple and very low key. But there were mashed potatoes, some, you know, good television watching, although I didn't make much progress on the crown. I prioritize the flight attendant. I know that I'm a terrible ro-ro admitting oh, that. Oh, I heard. That's so
0: good though. I prioritize
1: the undoing, which oh, there's I just too also. much TV right now. I but I, there's so
0: much good I'm TV. still in the mindset of like savoring the crown a bit, but I'm over it this yeah. week. I'm, I'm finishing it. So you're finishing it this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to. I definitely made progress. I'm on episode four. Okay. And it's just – it's a it's lot. It's a lot. We'll, talk, we'll get yeah. to it. We'll get to it. We – as yeah. we were resting, I feel like the royals were so, so They were busy. not resting. <laughs> no. We have so much this episode, so please bear with us. First, Megan's op-ed for the New York Times, Kate's five questions project unveiling – unveiling of the results, I guess. And then the Frogmore Cottage house swap and so much more. So much. But royalties. truly,
1: if you could see what was on the cutting room floor of this episode, we really like were stressed about the volume of stuff we had to leave out just for time. So uh, we chose very thoughtfully, but believe us, there was just so much. I re- Even our producers were a bit
0: stressed ab- about how much <laughs> there was to cover. They were like, you guys
1: have to Some Someday I will talk about Michael J. Fox watching Back to the Future seated next to Princess Diana. But I have to leave it out of this episode
0: it'll <laughs> great it'll story happen. google it it'll ha- even just mentioning it now let's just yeah it, that's, perfect. that's perfect
1: if you're listening google that story because it's great uh <laughs> anyways what are we sipping today and now it's time for
0: the weekly royal cocktail so i am doing a classy leftover thanksgiving wine um it's a cab Sauv. So just finishing up the last of the bottles.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm doing too. I feel like I, uh, I just kept it sort of easy today.
0: Mm, wine in the afternoon. Wine in the are. afternoon.
1: I feel like it's also getting dark earlier. It's just a little sleepier, all that kind of stuff. Yes. So this is like a nice ease into the end of the day. Uh, but while we're sipping, we want to talk about, instead of a reader email this week, the Royally Obsessed Gift Exchange. Roberta, have you been following this in the Facebook group?
0: I have, and I love that this has happened in years past, too. You guys are so on it, and everyone sounds like they're having so much fun trying to find royal-themed gifts. Um, I'm sad I missed the deadline. Me, it's too. It's okay, because I already told you guys what our gift will be this yeah, year. Yeah, email us. We greatest. want to participate next <laughs> year. <email>. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but also, that's our um, gift this year. But so much fun. And also, email us what gifts you guys have found, because I'm sure you guys are you know, getting creative and found stuff that aren't on any of these royal gift guides that are all over the place. This year,
1: I know. I think you need to post all the photos. But basically, for anyone unfamiliar, that Alexandra organized it. It's a gift exchange that participants have been matched, and they have royal-themed gifts that they must send out by December 10th. It's for U.S. and Canada residents only, although there's been a lot of commenters saying that they really wish it was worldwide. I mean, I feel like that's totally feasible. That could happen. To do an
0: international, yeah. Yeah. I agree.
1: Uh, the shipping gets expensive, of course, but the spending limit is 25 bucks. So as I said, I'm bummed
0: that I missed this. But Roberta, what would you give for 25 bucks? $25 is tough. Um, but I think there's so much fun stuff. Like those um Etsy pins that you pointed out oh, that I were love those of The Queen and Kate Middleton. Those are so, so fun. Um, I also really love the shirt that you got me a while ago that was Megan, Kate, and Diana. Aww. That's so fun, too. And it's like a T-shirt with their names going down. So I think that would be really cute. I don't know. What would you get? What, what are some good I ideas? I mean, I feel like
1: those are great. The only thing I was thinking that I discovered through Elizabeth Holmes' gift guide is the the Ruth Bader Ginsburg tee that Megan wore for the oh, yeah. Teenager Therapy podcast yes. is, I think, $24.95 on Etsy. So that would be a great gift. Perfect. a subtle nod a subtle nod i love that Megan.
0: anything on obviously amelia noise shop like we talked yes. with her a couple weeks ago that would be perfect as well yeah all right well moving on so we are at the one-year anniversary of a very royal christmas special and now
1: this
0: week in royal history so it's been almost one year since we had the pleasure of witnessing the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge bake Yule log cakes, orange and chocolate roulade, if you want to be technical, alongside Mary Berry, who's the former Great British Bake Off judge, and Nadia Hussein, the former Bake Off winner. So this aired last year on BBC One on December sixteenth, 2019, but all the promo took place, you know, in the weeks previous, which is what we're covering now. And it shows Mary Berry on four special visits to charities that the Cambridges support. She also prepared a feast for a Christmas party hosted by the royal couple at the Rosewood Hotel in London for the volunteers of the charities who work throughout the holidays. So here is a little snippet from that special.
1: Anything accidentally falls into your mouth, that's okay as okay, well. Fine. That's what tends to happen to me when taste I'm... It as we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm. Mm. Right, well, right, That's really good. Does William to really cook good. for you? Yeah. He sometimes does, Do actually. Find...
1: He's very good at breakfast. University days, he used to cook all sorts of meals. I think that's when he was trying,
0: trying to impress me, Mary.
1: Things like bolognese sauce and, and things like that. What a great bolognese clip. sauce. I know. <laughs> I was just I remember he shared the actual recipe too for charity. I was yes. actually, I think, in October. So you and can Nick make Williams You just bolognese. made bolognese. <laughs> I did make okay. I made Ina Garten's bolognese over the weekend and it was, <laughs> it was delicious, but I made a catastrophic mistake, which is that I misread the recipe and um it called for one and a half teaspoons of pepper. But I put in one and a half
0: tablespoons. And I've done this before, too. And it's just, just so tragic. It had a it's kick. So spicy. So, so spicy. Hey, it's fine. It happens to the best of us.
1: I'll try William's recipe next time. Yes. But no, what, a, what I love that special. And I also love that you're a British Bake Off convert as of the pandemic.
0: Oh, yes, for sure. So that's why this I think this takes on new meaning for me because I am now fully immersed in Bake Off world. Um, so the, just the fact that they're with Mary Berry and and with a uh, competition winner, I think that's so fun. And to see them... You know, Kate and William are so competitive, and in their element, it doesn't matter what they're doing. Even if they're baking yule logs, it's really, it's really fun to watch. And and everything was so revealing too. Like Kate revealed a lot in the short little snippets that we got of that. So I thought that was really interesting. Like she said, one of Louis's first words was Mary, because right at his height are all my cookbooks in the kitchen bookshelf. And she said, Children are really fascinated by faces and your face was all over your cookbooks. So he would say, That's Mary Berry, even when he was <laughs> like one years old. So I thought that was so cute. So
1: cute. What's your favorite animal? <laughs> That's Mary Berry. <laughs> That's what <laughs> he knows those two things.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm I'm hearing. And she also revealed they grow their own veggies and Louis loves beetroot. It's just, it's so delightful. And I feel like if you have Obviously, there's so much TV, as we said before, but time between finishing The Undoing and then finishing The Crown and, you know, The Flight Attendant. If you have time, I feel like it's so worth a rewatch. There's two versions, two YouTube videos available in the U.S. Otherwise, it's not really I checked and I didn't find it on Netflix or anywhere else. So I don't think we can get it over here except for YouTube. Um, But just so much fun such a lovely walk down memory.
1: I know. I feel like anytime we see their competitiveness or we get little anecdotes about the kids, it's kind of when the Cambridge family just really shines. It's my favorite favorite aspect of hearing sometimes about them, what's going on. Same. Anyways, uh, moving on to this week's news. Definitely kicking things off with a much more serious note. Um, We, on the eve of Thanksgiving, got the announcement from via the New York Times about Meghan Markle's miscarriage. She shared it in a piece called The Losses We Share. And for me, it just really took my breath away. It took the world's breath away. I feel like Roberta and I were texting. It was, it was really, I mean, A, it was such a beautiful piece and so well written. And her writing ability and I mean whoever her editor was, it was just such a, such a thoughtful piece but I just feel like hearing that from her but I'll I'll fill I'll go through the details and then we can we can talk about it um
0: definitely yeah I just I remember because like Thanksgiving I kind of like to put away my phone for a while and like step away from technology and because we're so surrounded by it especially now and so I was you know I saw your text in and dms and I was like oh and I, I was floored by what you know what well, was the title, and and that Meghan Markle had penned this piece on the eve of july of Eve of July, the eve of Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, so I really, yeah. So let's let's dive. Yeah. In. So uh,
1: what we learned from the piece is that Meghan unfortunately suffered a miscarriage in July of this year, and she wrote, "After changing Archie's diaper, I felt a sharp cramp. I dropped to the floor with him in my arms, humming a lullaby to keep us both calm. The cheerful tune, a stark contrast to my sense that something was not right." She moves on from describing her physical pain to her emotional, which is that she – and she says, I knew as I clutched my firstborn child that I was losing my second. Then later – and I'm reading all these quotes because I really feel like – I'm I'm only reading a snippet of this piece, but just I think it's so valuable to to share her words. Uh, then later she says, I lay in a hospital bed holding my husband's hand. I felt the clamminess of his palm and kissed his knuckles, wet from both our tears, staring at the cold white walls my eyes glazed over. I tried to imagine how we'd heal. The piece does not share the specifics of how far Megan was along, but it connects her hospital room experience to Are You Okay?, which we know has been the through line since her Tom Bradby interview a year ago, uh, where she was asked directly, Are You Okay?, and she was in the midst of breastfeeding, and they were on a royal tour, and just she was like, and she really like, actually answered it honestly. And I think that, you know, that's really kind of how she ties the piece together is the value in saying, are Mm -hmm. you okay? And it's a, -hmm. the reason the piece is called The Losses We Share is that it connects with a year of so many epic losses. And that's what Megan describes, whether it's COVID and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and even just disbelief in science and facts. And I think her having that very personal opener, you know, where she even, even the way she started it, where she discusses, you know, Picking up a crayon on the floor and all that stuff, we really go into the home of Meghan yeah, and Harry and then she expands right. it. So, this piece carries meaning to everyone that reads it because we've all suffered a loss at one point or another and we've all experienced grief, especially this year.
0: Yeah. And I like too that, I mean, I think that it was so poignant because it is close to the one year anniversary of that Tom Bradby question. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that that, you know, was so kind of, um, It it just became kind of their mantra this year. I mean, they talked about it on Teenager Therapy. Both her and Harry are, you know, very supportive of mental health. And, and, you know, they talked a lot about checking in on people and and on – you know, the eve of a holiday where people can be with family or friends or they can, but things are so different than in years past. I think that that was, it was just, it was really, a really powerful um, op-ed.
1: I know. And it sounds so silly, but I, I feel like we've heard them saying, are you okay? So many times this year. And I actually was Zooming with a really close friend this weekend. And we, this, Megan's mantra of, are you okay? And really waiting for the answer came up because yeah. it's, it's like she was kind of struggling with something and it was like, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And we could easily just be like, well, whatever, you know, and move on. And we really spent some time on it. And I think it was a much more, you know, meaningful conversation as a result. And it's something that I'm really trying to adopt and put into my sort of what I do in the world, how I interact with people, because I think it's so important. And if you don't give people the space for that honesty, it's doing everyone a disservice.
0: And I love Megan for making this such a prominent part of this piece when it really is so hard for her to share it. Totally. And I, she addresses that too. She says like when we share our grief, we as the asker too are are kind of, you know, relieved in a sense to be able to get things out in the open. And so it's not just for the benefit of the person that you're asking, but also yourself and to be able to kind of, you know, relate to what everyone's going through right now and talk about it mm-hmm. and out, get it out in the open I think is – is um is really is the message that she was trying to drive home and um I think she did a great job of it. Yeah, so.
1: absolutely. And the and the piece is powerful for so many reasons too because in addition to that mental health, you know, dire- direction and that it goes in, it's also really shedding light on miscarriage, which is such really considered quite a taboo subject to discuss when in a room of 100 women, we know that 10 to 20 will experience a miscarriage. You know, It definitely struck a chord with me. It's something that goes on behind the scenes. I've experienced it. So many people have experienced it. Like, I think that it's just for her to put that out into the open was, I know it resonated with a lot of people I know that have experienced it too. It just was really, uh, really valuable.
0: and not just, you know, not just a celebrity, but a member of the royal family who are, you know, historically cl- tight-lipped and, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I think that that's so- something so, so personal and, you know, they they hardly ever breach topics that are that, yes. that personal to them. I know that they talk about tough subjects all the time, but through their own work, but I think for her to reveal that something like this has happened to her it, it uh, definitely i mean the comments on the piece like everyone is is just like i think so appreciative that she's that she had the courage and bravery to pen something yeah like and this. it
1: is bravery it's total bravery to grieve openly about something like this and it is i also thought something that a lot of people talked about was the striking contrast to the typical you know we wake up there's a royal news of a royal birth there's news of you know mm-hmm. ro- even just a royal pregnancy and for it to be revealed You know, it just – it has a massive impact. You really see – it's, again, kind of, you know, going back to the leadership that these women kind of hold in our hearts and, like, the impact that they have. Whereas, you know, I – not to compare it, but, like, Kate's postpartum belly, when that was – when that happened, everyone kind of – the world went crazy for how Mm -hmm. real Mm -hmm. that was and how honest and open about the postpartum experience. So. I also want to mention that she isn't the first royal to talk openly about having a miscarriage. Sophie, the Countess of Wessex, has also talked about her miscarriage. She had an ectopic pregnancy. Zara Tyndall also suffered a miscarriage. But yeah, I mean, Meghan just using that sort of her platform to bring so much attention to this. So
0: right, and I and I did hear that they shared her and Meghan and Harry shared the news to the royal family per- before this was published. And so, you know, I think that they obviously didn't want to blindside anyone. And it seems like they do, you know, still have the communication gates open, which I think is a good sign, mm-hmm. um, because I do think this would really have taken William and Kate and all the royal family, too, by by shock if and surprise if they had published this without saying anything. So I think people in the royal family were aware this was coming um, and yeah, it adds to the distance between them. It, like, it must be so hard to not be with family hard, during this time. Right. And to feel like they could comfort them physically and, and, you know, they can't really go visit them or visit friends and family for the holidays. But, you know, I think it, it's also, I thought what was so interesting too, was the anecdote that she describes being in a cab in New York city. And she is, this is kind of after she, uh, talks about her miscarriage and um, she says, like, I passed, I was in my late teens and I passed a woman on the street and she was crying openly. And I asked the taxi driver, like, should we do something? Should we pull over? And he said, no, 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 everyone's, you know, moments in New York happen so publicly. And I felt like I could really relate to that. I don't know. I'm sure you oh my could gosh, too, Like, It's kind of amazing
1: off. how much drama can play out on the street, you know, your personal life. And you don't
0: think about oh it because we gosh. all pass
1: by. So we're just in our zone. I, we're experts at being in the zone in New York.
0: Totally. And also, like, I don't want to have any of these moments in my apartment because it's a shoebox, you know, yeah. it's like a <laughs> tiny, like, four by four room. So there's no way. So I, everything in my five almost six years in New York has always played out so openly. So I totally relate to that. And then also I thought it was so, you know, moving that she was like, I wish that I had gone back and stopped. And it clearly that moment has stuck with her forever. And I'm sure we all have moments like that, that we'll never forget. And, you know, the fact that she really wanted to help this person, um, I don't know. I just, I think it speaks to her character a lot.
1: Oh, I totally agree. Uh, One last point I did want to make while we're on the subject is I did, I thought it was great to see her bio beneath the byline Um, in the piece, just sort of her, in her words, how she defines herself. It it said the writer is a mother, feminist and advocate. And I think that that is basically the future path of Megan that we'll see. So, uh, you know, again, it's, it speaks to their talent also at, you know, it's interesting how they're using different platforms to spread their message. You know, I think that in the upcoming things we're talking about, we'll talk more about it, but, you know, they really can pick and choose how they release these kinds of updates about their mm-hmm. lives. And I think they're doing mm-hmm. it in such a constructive, positive way.
0: Yeah, I I also think if they had never left their senior working roles, I think that this wouldn't have ever happened. So it's really interesting to see, like, what else are we, you know... I hope for more op-eds from the Duchess of Sussex. I think that, you yeah. know, her words are so powerful and there's so many comments from women who have gone through the same thing on on the piece and I'm hoping that this is the start of more from them. And you know, like Harry penned that piece in Forbes, right? That was earlier this year. So that's them them writing for publications. I think it was in Fast Company. company. Yeah. Yeah, They both
1: are incredibly gifted writers as someone though, you know, we're both writers. So I think it's just, you know, reading their words is very powerful.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, well, moving on. So from the other side of the pond, we heard from Kate, the Duchess of Cambridge revealed the results of her under five survey last week, the start of which took place in early 2020. So it's her first solo project, the culmination of nearly eight years she spent working with family charities as a senior royal. It definitely feels like a big legacy, the, her work with the early years, I think, you know, similar to Diana's work with AIDS patients and Charles's work on climate change, I think this is going to be something that Kay will always uh, work toward and on for you know the years to come. It seems like this is one of her main focuses. So more than 500,000 people answered the survey, which is staggering, half a million people. Combined with other research from Kate's team, it consists of the UK's biggest ever study on the early years, and it's a 54-page report. So that must feel like a really proud oh moment my gosh. for yeah. her to have, have worked on the biggest ever study for the UK on the early years. So the five insights were shared in short videos on Instagram released each day and they got really creative with it. I love, you know, we always talk about Kensington Palace getting creative on social media and I think that they, they always seem to take it to the next level.
1: I feel like David Watkins from Megan and Harry's team is just doing a great job. When he posed, when they posed that question that everyone could chime in on, I just, I'm loving how the formats they're using.
0: Well, it also makes me think you know, how absent the Sussexes are on social media. And, and we don't know if they ever will return to social media after, you know, all of their their work this summer kind of combating the, the bad side of um, what goes on online. So I think, you know, it, it is so interesting that the Cambridges have really embraced it so much, and I think that's what the Sussexes had done before leaving their working role, so I think it's really interesting to see. But So they had you know, insights where they would post a sign outside that had the insight on it. They had Kate writing down the insight on a notepad. And it, so it all felt so big and such a culmination of all this work, and so I thought it was really even bigger than Hold Still because of how long they kind of drew this out. Um, and Kate also held a and a answering comments on an in Instagram post. What did you think about that? When I saw that in my timeline of, like, ask me a question format from, like, IG stories. I thought that was so I cool. I
1: loved it. And I think that it was – I think that for me this was a moment where she kind of – I forgot – I. Forgot that she's the Duchess of Cambridge. Like, I sort of more was like, ooh, I'm a mom and I have a million questions about this. And I saw
0: a lot of actual friends. She's like a mommy blogger Yeah, people that I followed that were asking
1: questions. And they were really amazing questions, which she kind of, you know, she alludes to in the video.
0: I know. I saw that too with people I know posting questions, which I thought was really cool. So also this weekend, one of the doctors working on the earlier's project – wrote a column in The Telegraph about why he and his twin brother chose to work with Kate on the project. And he said, what drew us both to her cause is the very different approach it has taken from other similar projects we've been involved with. He said, this isn't just a flash-in-the-pan campaign with a well-known name as a figurehead that's peripherally involved. As was absolutely clear at the very first meeting, the Duchess has shaped this project. She is absolutely across the research and data on early years. It'd be easy for her to sit back and hand it to the experts in the room that day with all their PhDs. But as we saw, she has worked hard to become an expert herself. That interest in the early years will outlast politicians and even scientists. So I think, you know, it's like so enlightening to see behind the scenes of these meetings with the Duchess of Cambridge and and to think – she's fully immersed herself in this. This is not something that's just done after you publish the research. You
1: yeah. Know? And she talks, you know, I think we were going to play a clip from this, but basically, you know, she says that this isn't just because she's a mom. This isn't why she did it. It's because she wants to create a better future because of how critical the first five years are for development. And you hear a lot of adults that then later talk about, well, some Something happened during that time right. that shaped their ent- mental health for the rest of their lives. So we should, should totally. we play a? a clip?
0: Yeah, let's let's hear that part.
1: I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who sent in their questions. A huge number here with loads of wonderful emojis attached to them. What is the early years help <laughs> with a wonderful emoji at the end of it? How do you manage toddler tantrums in your household, <laughs> especially with multiple children? Yes. That's hard one.
0: I'd also like to ask the experts myself. <laughs> I I love this part, and you're right. And another part, she did say, you know, it's not because I'm a mom. It's because like this is such. It's it, it's how society is shaped. It's it's how you know humans become adults, and and so it's so so important, especially in in the vein of them doing, having such a focus on mental health to kind of focus on this particular stage of development. I did like that she called in experts. Like that for me was also like, that's what I do. I'm like, I don't know how to answer this. Like,
1: let me text a friend and text, you know, she had great experts that participated.
0: Totally, and that she's like on her phone. I know, I know that's so so minuscule, but like it's like huge to me. Oh to my see god, what Roberta, Kate has. I felt
1: the exact same way because that is also casual, Kate. Right? We're getting such right. an. We'd never see them with their phones. Their phones are in like their mysterious, you know, empty empty handbags, but really like empty clutch, one of their yeah. friends has it or right. their handlers. I just feel like uh, <laughs> they're friends. Um, but basically, I, I thought that that was so fun. I'm like,
0: whoa, she has an iPhone. <laughs> I know. I know. Me too. I was like, she has the gold. I think it's the iPhone 11. Wait, I'm actually going to look now. Uh, looks like a gold or rose gold iPhone 11 Pro, and she which doesn't is have a case, have.
1: or she has the clear case. No,
0: she has a clear. Living I don't think she on has. The edge. I actually don't think she has a case. I know Kate
1: living on the edge, risky, risky.
0: <laughs> we just had to point that out because I was like, oh my god, that's her phone, uh, <laughs> just to be a, like. Uh, to see the text message, I can't. I iPhone can't sales go through the crazy. roof. It's like get <laughs> yeah. the phone
1: that Kate Middleton has.
0: <laughs> the Is iPhone, that Apple, Apple's new tag line. Yeah, <laughs> but seriously, I mean, to get back to you know what sh- the the project itself had the response has been hugely, hugely positive. In the Telegraph, one source close to the Cambridges said, told the reporter that she is impressively well briefed. This isn't just a figurehead thing. She's across all the latest data, reading all the reports and having studied the issues for nine years now. She's genuinely well informed. It
1: was emotional for her too. Like when you see even the final, at the end, there was sort of like a capstone video where she was just saying like a final recap on her Instagram. And, um, she looks teary to me that she, you know, she's puts her heart and soul into this and will continue to do that.
0: Yeah, which is really, really exciting. And I think also in, you know, we have to say in the midst of the crown and all this increased scrutiny of the firm and the royal family and, you know, her father-in-law and Diana, I think that this is, is really positive PR for them. And we're going to see a lot more of that in the coming weeks as people, you know, dig into that. I mean, not obviously they're not doing anything because of Netflix or because of this show being released, but I do think that they really are hoping for more positive PR. Yeah, it was a
1: nice narrative shift for them, I spin think.
0: Spin the, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. exactly.
1: Yeah, so next up. Yeah, next up, you know, we're, you know, a lot has happened as we said, but you know, going back a little bit in time, but this was big that so the news that Prince Harry and Meghan are lending Frogmore Cottage to Princess Eugenie and Jack Brooksbank. I thought that was what a nice gesture.
0: We know that they're very close, right? They're very close and I feel like that was, you know, obvious in which we know was heavily researched finding freedom. I do think that a lot of that was true in that You know, Eugenie and Harry have always been close since they were young, and to have gone through parents divorces at a similar time. I think, you know, brought them even closer and then to have kind of double dated when yeah. Harry and Meghan were starting out. So I think that's really sweet, but also it makes me like a little I'm a little sad because I feel like now it's like will they will Harry and Meghan go back as well? Well, I
1: think so. So we so basically like to go over the details of this. The son first broke the story and kind of couched it as they're leaving the UK permanently, but then Omid Scobie had a story where he had sources that said that, you know, this is more just they're loaning it. It's a chance for Eugenie and Jack to be in close proximity to the Dunstan. Royal Logic Great Windsor Park yeah. where their parents are. And it's on loan. And Harry and Meghan will stay with Eugenie and Jack whenever they visit the UK. And there was a quote, they're delighted to open up their home as they start their family. So I think that it really is just, you know, it's an it's a vacant property. No one's using it. And the Sussexes fully own it because they've spent $3.2 million of their own money to renovate it. And they've repaid the sovereign grant. So... I just think that the, it's, like, they're all family, and Eugenie happens to be very close to Harry and Meghan, so yeah, I think that they'll be back.
0: Is it weird, though, that you, like, okay, so, like, put yourself in that position? Like, you've paid off your house, and then someone that you know is, like, I mean, even if they are your cousin is, like, hey, I'm going to live here while you're not here. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, it just feels weird
1: to me that they just paid it off, you know? I know, but then on the flip side, I feel like if it is vacant, like, don't wouldn't you rather have someone kind of like being a little bit of like looking after it or something? Although I guess they like have like oversee, plenty of people to help with looking everything. after it. But yeah. I don't think that they're paying rent, which is interesting. There was a couple of, of reports of that. And uh I also one last thing is I think where it's most seems logical for me is that the pandemic has to be throwing such a wrench into things, especially when you're about to welcome a baby that they probably really are trying to button up where they're going to be. And they previously were at Kensington Palace and Ivy Cottage. So I think that logistically it kind of all seems like a smart decision as we all like relocate and kind of pivot a zillion times over during this pandemic, but I don't know what you think. Totally,
0: no, I, I agree, and I think Frogmore Cottage is pretty big, actually. So I do think, like, if they are staying in one part of the house, and Harry and Megan come back from from California and want to stay, I'm sure there's like a wing of rooms for them. You know what I mean? It's not like I, I'm picturing like my house where I'm like, oh, we have to all reshuffle the bedrooms <laughs> yeah. so that we can fit into our house. But, like that's not. The yeah, case I think at it's. All. I think it's
1: now five bedrooms, is what.
0: Okay, so like Eugene and Jack in one or two, whatever, you know, and then I just think about the crown. Have you gotten to that part where the, that, the Thatcher's first yes, yes. asked to All stay the in separate rooms? Yeah. I know, I know. I love that. Um, Plenty so of yeah, space. So there there won't be, yeah. yeah. They, they can have their own bedroom still and Eugenie and Jack will be able to stay where they are. So exactly. I think that, that is nice. Exactly. And
1: we did just hear breaking news that the Queen will actually spend Christmas at Windsor, which is such a break in tradition for her. She won't be at Sandringham this year, but she's following recommendations for uh, COVID protocol. And we will, you know, coming up this month, I feel like I have forgotten, but something else to look forward to is her Christmas address. I'm so curious yes. what she'll say. We know how powerful her words always are. So,
0: and not just her words, but the actual. Layout of the desk. Yeah. I mean, that's something that's really scrutinized in years past. Has been who's in the photographs on the desk, who's in the frames. I think you know, we haven't we haven't seen Harry and Meghan, and I don't think we will because. They've obviously stepped down from their senior role. So I do think, you know, it'll be – but it'll be – it's always fun to see new new photos or um, just to see her at Christmas yeah. I think is, is always so nice. I so. agree. I agree. And one more breaking news, uh, Prince Harry item that I wanted to – we wanted to
1: discuss is his help – Tack, will- it, on, tack it, tacking it on. it on. I'm tacking it on. I got I to gotta slide it in here. But it's huge. His help launching – Our producers are rolling their eyes. I'm like, seriously, you guys Yeah, we just got to talk about it. But his help yeah. launching the Water Bear Network, which was such a surprise. This news broke this morning, December 1st. Um, uh, it's so the water bear network is basically the Netflix for documentaries about the climate and climate change and it's free so I signed up I don't know if you signed up yet, Roberta, but
0: I have not. But I will. That sounds amazing to have. Yeah, there's about a
1: nine-minute uh, launch video which Harry kicks off. You know, talking about the pandemic. I liked this line. He said, "It's almost as if Mother Nature has sent us to our rooms for bad behavior." I thought that it, that's in, an interesting you know, way of thinking of it. I don't think he said that. I think he was quoting some other people. But it was, oh, you know, oh. but I think it's more just that sort of visual of you know what the pandemic has meant for the environment, and right. this is definitely a cause that you know. It's definitely something that's very meaningful for him because Harry's the president of African Parks. He's the patron of the rhino conservation in Botswana. But it also really closely dovetails with Charles and William's efforts that mm-hmm. they have launched, the Earthshot, so many things for conservation you know, around the globe. So yeah. I want to play a quick clip from, from his launch video.
0: What is the point in bringing a, a new person into this world when they get to your age and, there's, and, and, and it's on fire yeah, we can't
1: steal their future. We really can't. That's not the role, that's not the job we're here for, but I, I've always believed that hopefully we can leave the world in a better place than when we found it. So I think we really need to take a moment and think, well, how do we get what we need and, and, and have our sort of our, our desire fulfilled without taking from
0: you know, our children and, and, and generations to come? It's really similar to what Prince William said for the Earth shot. You know, I think – and for one of his documentaries early this year, I think, that, like, preparing the world for their children and and everyone's children and to ha- give them something that's, you know, filled with all these wonderful animals and species that we have now. I think that that's what's so important to them, you know, as fathers, too. Yeah, and I'm also – I mean, I just think for me it's further proof
1: that they are separate but together. I think that they're yeah. – Mending whatever has gone on, and I just think that family at the end of the day kind of overrides all else. I don't know. I'm probably too much of an optimist, maybe, but
0: <laughs> I like your optimism. But I feel Keep like it <laughs> I just I think that this all you know. It's just all kind of. I hope you're right. I hope you're huge right too. Synergy, and especially because we haven't heard that much from Harry about his environmental you know, work since the pandemic. I don't think like Travelist has taken a backseat or it seems like he hasn't talked about much. It's probably Mm -hmm. being worked on behind the scenes. I mean, I'm definitely, it's definitely being worked on, I'm sure. But, you know, not to hear about climate change or much from him and have William and Charles kind of take the reins on that stuff and then have him finally jump back in. I think that that's, it's really um, exciting to, I hope we hear more about this, issue from him in the future yeah there was so much content i wanted to watch i
1: definitely think it's a it's worth the subscribe i will say
0: water bear network i don't have enough time to fit anything else i know there's so much right now (laughs) but i wanted to say
1: also with the launch i thought it was funny because water bear on instagram which i just started following uh posted all the that they've been getting, and they tagged Sussex Royal and all the press, and I was like, "More proof we need at least an Archewell, mm. Archwell account." You know,
0: <laughs> it's it's interesting too. Is like they obviously aren't going to use that handle, yeah. but like, did s- someone on their team say like, "Oh, it's fine, just tag." I know because it's so obviously, obviously. I
1: mean, I'm, I'm sure that those very things are always approved. Yeah, it's yeah, always approved. Exactly.
0: <laughs> that's weird. Weird. All right. Well, our highs and lows. So before we adjourn the royal pod, it's time for the royal highs and lows. Rachel let's start with yours what's your low all right. So, so sad. I know. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad starting
1: I, with mine. Yeah. It's a real. I know. Uh, it's sad. I, like we said, so much news happened, but my low was just the news that the Cambridge's dog Lupo passed away. I feel like he's been a real presence in all of our lives. <laughs> Is that too much of a leap? But he was nine years old. and I they, like it. They got him a little over a year before George was born. And I guess the reason for getting him was that William was deployed to the Falkland Islands for six weeks. And Kate was really, really sad about that and lonely. And they got uh, Lupo as a companion for Kate. So, but, um, I guess this is it's still a low but it was very endearing to see James B- Middleton's tribute and obituary for Lupo I figured Roberta you would love that but his plan to I take did. Lupo for a walk <laughs> in his and Lupo memory.
0: came from one of James Middleton's dogs yeah. so he, I thought that was sweet to give like a brother sibling gift uh, of a, a puppy that was yeah really but very sweet, sad but news for so them so sad so sad um mine is is kind of Crown related in that Charles and Camilla disabled Twitter and Instagram comments on a few posts after receiving backlash so the Crown has as we said really increased scrutiny of the royal family Um, there's even you know the UK's culture secretary has even gone so far as to ask Netflix to amend a disclaimer to the show is that true
1: or was that just I couldn't tell if that was like a tabloid report
0: no it's it's true from what I've read and I know and like people have been making fun of it online and like posting like fake disclaimers that are like kind of funny in yeah, a way. Yeah, like yeah. poking fun at it a little bit. But it's also like if there's a show with actors, like we all know that it's dramatized, yeah, right? Like yeah. can we all agree that we like we know that. Like yeah. I don't think anyone's like in the dark about that. I, I don't know. I I guess some people definitely take it as a documentary, but if there are actual actors you yeah. should realize that this isn't exactly you know, history as it happened so that is really but crazy yeah, so, they had so, to disable that I know Clarence House is really feeling the heat especially um, so we'll expect a lot of uh, positive PR from them in the coming weeks I'm sure yeah totally totally well, moving on to my high. Are you ready? I love <laughs>
1: this. Queen. So the Queen and Prince Philip's seventy-third wedding anniversary. I cannot believe it's been seventy-three years. First of all, but more importantly, the picture shot by Chris Jackson. <laughs> that was my well anniversary. Done. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> of of him of the two of them opening a card from George, Charlotte, and Louis at Windsor Castle. I just felt like Pinterest mom strikes again. There was. Like- I was just gonna say that. I
0: think that's so genius that all these these like crafts and hobbies are are being provided to us by the royal. Yeah,
1: Holy. it was so bright and colorful, so well done Kate and William and just happy anniversary. I I loved those images. They look so happy.
0: And I love that they they gave a close up of the card after too.
1: And I also love the photoshopping. A lot of people have been photoshopping different things into the picture, but it's
0: funny. This <laughs> HRH yeah. the book. I loved that one. It was Especially, great. That was Creative. great. So good. Uh, my high is that the Queen has a new gin, another gin that she has released. So we talked about a Buckingham Palace Royal gin a while back. This is a new version from Sandringham Estate, which is in Norfolk. And it's small batch and it takes a few weeks to ship, but Bummer, it's, it should be my low actually. It's only in the UK Okay, Ugh. so we can't order. I know it's a high though because I it's think so that's high. really yeah. fun, but the price is kind of crazy. What is it's it? sixty It's sixty seven dollars. Oh man, which is a lot for a bottle of gin. Like I don't think I would spend Fancy. sixty dollars on a bottle of gin. Yeah, I'm not that that. Yeah, <laughs> not that regal. Um, but I love that Ryan Reynolds, who obviously is the creator of Aviation Gin, had the best reaction to it. So he, uh, re tweeted the story from Marie Claire about the queen's gin. And he replied, if she imposes a gin tax, I promise a revolution, <laughs> which I love. And I've been so into Hamilton that I just, like, pictured Hamilton and the queen and Ryan Reynolds. So it was good. Great. So yeah. good. They're spending this <laughs> so time doing a lot of uh, alcohol production. I feel like, right? Charles, the it, queen, everybody. And I do think, like, without the tourism money from everyone visiting the palaces, they really need to raise funds. So this is a great way to do it. And I'm sure there's going to be more like opportunities to buy things because we can't spend our money on tickets to go see the Royal Collection or, you know, the Crown Jewels or any of that. So it'll be it will be exciting to see what else they can come up with, like the Queen's. I don't know the Queen's soda waters, (laughs) (laughs) the Queen's tonic, like anything that says it's from the Queen, like I will buy, I will buy it. (laughs) Just ship to the US already. How hard is it to get international shipping? I know, I know. If anyone lives in the UK and can figure this out for us please email us. Ship us a bottle. at gallerypodcast.com. Yeah. (laughs) Nice
1: plug, Roberta.
0: (laughs) So just before we close, as we asked before at the top of the episode, it would be the best Christmas gift to have a five-star review from our listeners as well as reader emails. Either or will do nicely. This is a real review from Bees Sloths, my weekly Royals fix. I just discovered this podcast, and I'm really enjoying getting my roundup of royal news from Roberta and Rachel they are fans and there's nothing wrong with that they're not pretending to be serious journal (laughs) they're not pretending to be serious journalists and it's not meant to be a serious analysis it's casual so i don't agree with a lot of the negative reviews Rachel and Roberta should absolutely keep talking about mask wearing. The royals get photographed constantly, so if they wore masks all the time, it would be more normalized. The science is clearly on the side of masks. Not that it should even be an issue that has sides. The podcast is overall light and fun and celebrates the good the royals do in the world. That's exactly why I listen, so I'm perfectly happy. Oh, my God. God, this is the glowing review. Thing that thank you. That was said, so <laughs> nice. Yeah, especially to call me not a serious journalist. <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding. I love it so much. No, it's we really we nice. are here to have fun and celebrate yeah. the royals. That
0: is definitely the the point of this podcast. So thank you it for is noticing that. Really obsessed. After all, we are obsessed. Yeah, so we will just spew our obsession totally totally you know? <laughs> all right well follow us on instagram and the facebook group and you can drop us an email as i said at info at gallerypodcast.com. you can also follow us personally on instagram if you want to see those quarantine cocktails coming back at you it's at robbie frito for me and
1: i'm at rkb nyc for my cooking mistakes
0: <laughs> i love your, more cooking more cooking i love it all right till next week